My junior year of high school was spent in and out of doctor's offices, often missing classes. My gut was causing me all sorts of problems that nobody could figure out. Nobody, until I met Dr. Kylie. Less than six months later, I am loving my senior year and I don't miss class anymore. I'm still learning to trust my body, but I'm not fearing my future. Kyan, are you ready to start healing beyond the diagnosis? Let's celebrate your success next. And you can do that by joining the membership. You not only get access to me on live calls, but you also get the answers to questions just like yours on my private podcast. This level of attention and help is only available inside my membership. So stop relying on late night Google searches and start getting the answers and relief you desire. I can't wait to welcome you in and I can't wait to celebrate your success next. Get all the details at drkileyburton.com backslash healing dash beyond dash the dash diagnosis. And I'll see you on the inside. Hey, practitioners, health coaches, docs, everybody who finds themselves in shoes like mine, the doors of opportunity are open again. Go check it out. We did some major upgrades and listen to your feedback inside the mastermind. Doors will open all of October and close November 1st at noon Mountain Standard Time. Come join us, btdmastermind.com. Remember, as my friend Chip Gaines says, your purpose is just like mine. It's big and it's important. And there's no one else anywhere on the planet who can fulfill it. So quit messing around and go get them. Let's do this together. I'll see you on the inside. Remember, the doors of opportunity are open right now. What can change in your life, in your future, and in your patients' lives? Let's do this together. btdmastermind.com Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Today, we're going to talk about a sensitive subject. It's sensitive because everyone has experience with cancer. Whether you have had cancer run in the family, you might have had someone die from cancer. I can list off immediately five people who I know who have died. So this is a sensitive topic because we've all had experience with it. And here in the Western Society of America, we are taught that the only cancer treatment is chemotherapy. Chemotherapy can save lives, can also destroy lives. I've also, I've been questioned and heard people question, is it cancer that kills people or is it chemotherapy that's killing them? Before we jump into what I want to talk to you specifically about cancer, um, let me just show you, show you what I found in a couple of research articles. You all know I love vitamin D. And I found a research article that said breast cancer is a disease of vitamin D deficiency. Let me read it to you. Women who spent hours outdoors and are exposed to more sunlight run a far lower risk of developing cancer. The benefits of long sun exposure become apparent when a woman reaches the age of 50. The risk could reduce by 17% for those who have spent the most time outdoors. This is some research performed in the University of Copenhagen. They analyzed the lifestyle of more than 38,000 women under the age of 70 who had been diagnosed with breast cancer and compared them to, quote, healthy woman, 
To access sunlight exposure, the researchers looked for occupations that were mainly based outdoors, and especially between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., when our body is more efficient at processing the vitamin. The benefits of sunlight exposure in reducing breast cancer risk wasn't evident in younger women, but appeared to be very effective after age 50. Women who regularly spent time outdoors for 20 years or longer had a 17% reduced risk of cancer by the time that they were 50. The discovery supports earlier studies that had found an association between low vitamin D levels and breast cancer. We can go on and on and on about people spending out time outdoors and their vitamin D. However, I have seen thousands of vitamin D statuses in the labs. Very few people actually have a good vitamin D status. That's around 80, in my opinion. And from what I've seen looking at many labs and transforming those vitamin D numbers to being in the tank and being around 80, and that's where you actually feel different. Yes, you can get vitamin D from sunlight. That is by far the most natural route to get it. However, I can't really identify why so many people live in Florida, Texas, the Caribbean, these warm zones where they're always out in the sunshine during the day, and yet their vitamin D statuses are still in the tank. More, my best explanation is the arrays have to go through a bunch of crap in our environment. Then when they get to our bodies, our bodies aren't able to handle it and utilize it as efficient as it used to 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's my best guess. So there are multiple studies on how the correlation between vitamin D deficiency and breast cancer. Here's another one. Mushrooms. For those of you who like mushrooms, I love mushrooms at teppanyaki. They cook them by far the best. Eating mushrooms every day nearly halves your chances of getting cancer. People who eat 18 grams of mushrooms, nearly four teaspoons, daily reduces their cancer risk by 45%. It doesn't seem to matter too much which type of mushroom, as they all have a similar protective effect. This is research coming out of Penn State College of Medicine. Mushrooms are a superfood because they contain ergotheanine, a powerful antioxidant that protects against cancer, and many other things if it's an antioxidant. Mushrooms are the richest dietary source of this around the world. Researchers analyzed 17 cancer studies that involved more than 19,500 cancer patients. Those who ate mushrooms daily had the greatest protection especially against breast cancer. Participants were eating many varieties of mushrooms like shiitake, oyster, mataki, and king oyster. Those four specifically have the highest levels of ergotheanine, which is what they've correlated to as far as a protective effect against cancer. Now we're all wondering, how do we protect ourselves from this stuff? I mean, we're technically growing cancer in our bodies every single day. Our cells replicate every single day, if not multiple times a day. They just die off and then the new ones come back. So how do we stop the bad guys from replicating? If I had to answer, I'd be a multimillionaire. There's lots of different ways. And you've all heard stories where the healthiest people get diagnosed with cancer. We're not going to get into the details of that. But I want to walk you through patient labs that I have just received of a remarkable woman who has fought leukemia and won the battle. Inside these labs, share, we are told a lot about what her body is currently fighting. And it is different for everybody. 
But as far as her body, her labs tell me there are multiple puzzle pieces that have not been completed yet. We're dealing with some blood sugar imbalances. Kidneys and the detox system, they are very overwhelmed. Her adrenals are exhausted. Calcium levels are low. And typically when calcium levels are low, less than 9.2, I want to think vitamin D. And I always think vitamin D. However, her vitamin D status is beautiful. It's at 85. One lab was at 100. The lab before that, within the last year with those three labs, was at 82. She currently takes 5,000 IUs of vitamin D per day and did take 10,000 recently. So her status is very good. Then we get some markers on leaky gut, liver detox markers. Her iron panel is quite unique. The iron panel itself tells me that something is off. It's not following the right patterns. And I can link this only to the history of leukemia. I've already talked to her about it, about her labs. She knows what I'm talking about. Her cholesterol panel shows a possibility of autoimmune with the pattern that I see. Her TSH is 0.23, then 3.48, then 7.5. Everybody's wanted to shove thyroid meds at her. She refuses to take them, and I don't think she needs them either. With the TSH fluctuating that much, there is something going on underlying and even a possibility of autoimmune. So if the TSH is low in most cases, I think upstream, the pituitary produces TSH. So what's causing the pituitary to have a hard time? This little teeny gland that sits in the center of your head, it has a hard time due to two things, stress and inflammation. If we can figure out the stressors inside her body, those internal stressors are also causing inflammation. We can get rid of them both automatically help the pituitary, boosting the TSH, which then communicates correctly with the thyroid. The thyroid produces enough T4. And if the gut and liver are right, the conversion can take place and T3 is is the product downstream. T3 is usually the target for most thyroid medications. And T3 is also responsible for communication in all of your cells. Every single cell in your body, T3 talks to. It tells your body to speed up the metabolism so you can lose weight. It tells your body to grow healthy, strong hair. It tells your body to regulate your bowel movements. It tells your body to, um, what's the last one I was thinking of? Oh, regulate your body temperature so you're not cold when everybody else isn't. So T3 is kind of important. And a lot of times it's low. For me, low is less than three. Then we get into the CBC. Now, if you have a CBC, be sure it's a CBC with differential. Her white blood cell count is at 19, 16, and 20. It used to be in the 40s. So it's gone down a lot with this history of leukemia, but it's still not there in that optimal range of five to eight. Her body is still fighting something. What is it fighting? We can determine with the differential portion, the neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils. And because we don't have them right in this moment, she was going to get them back to me. The bacterial and viral infections are my biggest guess. So we're going to tackle those infections, remove the internal source of stress and inflammation, 
and everything in the thyroid will naturally balance out because now nothing in the top of the food chain is holding it down. That is how you treat the thyroid by not treating the thyroid. Her primary concerns are hair loss, hot flashes, uh, lots of digestive symptoms, osteoporosis, and weight gain. What she's been doing the last several years is what everybody else does. Take supplements, modifies their diet, uses bone broth, all the good stuff, collagen. She's doing what everybody's doing. And you all know somebody who's taking a hoard of supplements and still doesn't feel very good. So that's just a reality that we're all coming across because we're all desperate. For those of us who have been sick, we're so desperate to feel better that it's just Googling the symptom, treating the symptom with some supplement that Google recommends or that the latest book or podcast or whatever it is that recommends. So when we get this list, this laundry list of supplements, what do we do? Do we continue to take them? If you are taking a laundry list of supplements, which I know many of you listeners probably are, think again and always ask yourself, is this treating an underlying cause or is this just a natural band-aid? Now, these aren't my words. A friend of mine sent me this because she knows my opinion. Quote, constantly taking a growing list of supplements and herbal medicine is still not addressing the root cause. They are just more natural band-aids. She goes on to say, masking and managing is still masking and managing. Get to the root cause. Whether it's conventional meds or natural supplements. Supplements, essential oils, special, etc., when used long-term to mask and manage symptoms are just band-aids. Sorry, but it's the truth. Example. You suffer from migraines and you use essential oils to help with the pain. It's a more natural option to treat the pain than just over-the-counter pain reliever, but you are still doing just that, managing the pain. You have not gotten to the root cause and actually eliminated the reason you are having migraines to begin with. End of quote. That was a post she found on Instagram and knew I would love it, which I do. Another post says, we always have to keep digging deeper instead of masking and managing. Band-aids on symptoms are not a solution. And I find that in so many instances and it's so easy and we're just all trying to feel better. So I'm getting people and as if you're a practitioner or if you are in these shoes, you know that you just feel like you're popping pills all day long, every day. Some they might be helping you. Some, you're just taking them because I need more B vitamins. I need this herb. I need this to help with this. You can end up taking a lot of stuff. A lot of supplements will end up in your cupboard. Probably not go finished. And then we wonder why our family members don't believe in what we're doing. They don't believe in the natural route, right? So many of you have heard this, or you're fighting with your husband over it, or your kids are just rolling their eyes every time you get their, your supplements out, because you still feel like junk, and yet you're taking all these things. So what did I do with, what did I recommend with her? And I kind of caught her off guard. It might catch you off guard too. But the, the laundry list of supplements here, and they're all great stuff. They're all helpful things. It's just 
do we need to take them? Is it a natural band-aid or is it getting to the root cause? If it's getting to the root cause, keep on it, stay on the stuff. But if it's not, the supplement industry is a multi-billion dollar industry for a reason. So some of the things she is currently taking, vitamin D, I always recommend vitamin D, ubiquinol, krill oil, amygdalin, vitamin E in two different forms, biotin, some probiotics, enzymes, selenium, calcium, multivitamin, magnesium, and multi-B vitamin complex, iron, vitamin C, iodine, saw palmetto, baking soda, liver pills, boron, vitamin B6, bromelain, glutathione, glucosamine, biozinc, just to name a few. I know she's not the only one sitting in similar shoes because I've seen it multiple times before. These are natural band-aids. If if something isn't, keep taking it. Vitamin D, like I said, keep taking it. So as I was walking her through, what should we stop taking and what should we continue taking? And then let's add in these root cause supplements that will get your bacterial infection eliminated, your viral infection eliminated, actually heal the adrenal glands, balance the blood sugar, and then get the right detox going. Ultimately, my guess is, and you're always going to get my best guess because I don't know until we treat, the detox markers are up because her kidneys and her liver is trying to process all of these supplements, even though they're all great stuff. Think about that. When you're having to take so many supplements, they have to be processed. Same thing with medications. They have to be processed. And your kidney and liver markers will show up telling me that they're not keeping up with their job. They have a lot to do. So my suggestion to you and to her, if you're sitting in those shoes, is simply this. If you're taking something, let's give an example that she used. Um, She's had some problems with having to wake up multiple times at night to go pee. And she's found something that helps take that away. She said she's even slept through the night a couple of times. If she gets up, it's maybe just once. Since she started to take that and then cut back on her uh, water intake after 7.30 at night. So if that's something that helps like that and you know it does, stay on it. If you're just taking something because someone so recommended it or you saw N-acetylcysteine was good for something that you were dealing with on Google, I'm a big fan of taking supplements that have combinations and getting the right stuff in your hands because then you're not popping pills all day long. I always say the supplements I use are going to get in, go in, get the job done and be done. There will be times when you feel great on Neurosyn. I love Neurosyn for my own brain. It keeps my brain working top notch. There will be times where I get lightheaded or dizzy and I know my blood sugar is dropping. I grab Sinulin and I start taking it for the next week or so, just more as a, as a toolkit to use when needed. My sister-in-law has been in the family about a year and a half now, maybe two years. I don't, I don't remember, maybe two years. She asked me the other day, how many supplements I take. And my answer caught her off guard. I take zero. On a daily basis, I take zero. I take supplements when I need them. And when I need them, there are only three, four, maybe five supplements we throw in some vitamin D. She's like, oh, I thought you would have just taken so many supplements. Supplements are to supplement a good diet, a good lifestyle, not replace. They're not, despite what the supplement world wants you to think, needing to be required to take all the time. Use them to heal, 
the root cause, and then you don't need them anymore because the cause is gone. And maybe the cause isn't even physical. Maybe the cause is environmental and you've been exposed to something where there's mold somewhere in your house. This doesn't happen often. I can count on two fingers how many times it's happened with me and my patients. I'm very good at what I do and my patients get tremendous results because of it. The numbers never lie. Get the numbers, have them read right, you're set. And then I shouldn't say you're set because there's a difference in good products and bad products and okay products and substandard products and doctor quality products. Just make sure they're using the right stuff too. Anyways, that aside, it's happened on rare occasion, literally twice, where someone has followed their protocol to the best of my knowledge anyways, and not gotten better. And I was asked on this call, how successful am I with this particular patient who has a history of leukemia and is taking a million and a half things because she really wasn't so sure she wanted to back off on all of her supplements. I'm pretty dang successful. And when I'm not, there's an underlying reason why. One case, I'll give you the one example of the two. She did her six-month supplement plan. I could see it right in her labs. We had to fight some, some things and then heal the adrenals and blah, blah, blah. It's been... I don't know, 18 months ago. And then she tells me, I'm still, I'm not feeling any better six months later. I'm still practically better than with chronic fatigue. And I said, well, then we've done everything right from a physical standpoint. How old is your house? It was built in the 1970s, 50 years ago. Okay. Is it all the original everything? Yes. Do you know of any leaks or any water damage? Yeah, we have a water a pipe leaking downstairs. It's been that way for a few years. I don't have the money to change it. There's your problem right there. It doesn't matter how many supplements you take. It doesn't matter what incredible physical treatments you get. If you always go home to the same environment that's making you sick, you're flushing money down the toilet. So yes, there are a few scenarios where I can't make her move. I can't make her do a home remediation. But if she wants to start thriving, and stop surviving, that's going to be required. One of the two. So in your case, if you find yourself just taking so many things and tried this and tried that and what everybody says, the more I learn about environmental factors, the more I'm a fan. Because there are so many chronically ill patients. If you haven't listened to Dr. Dennis's interview, whether I have it posted already or I have it coming, I'm a huge fan of his one sentence. Stop blaming the food we eat and start blaming the air we breathe. Think about that. Stop blaming the food we eat and start blaming the air we breathe. So that was her shoes. We're just about to get started. I'll let you know how it goes. As far as cancer, though, specifically with her history of leukemia, I started looking into these cancer alternatives and treatment. And, and what is the research out there as far as an alternative perspective. Now, if I were to ever get cancer and, or if one of my close family members ever gets cancer, I don't think I would be treating it inside the U S just throwing that out there. Let's go here. Here are some natural cancer treatments that I could actually get behind. The one is called the Gerson therapy. I'm hoping I am saying that right. And juicing. So the Gerson therapy, G E R S O N is Dr. Max Gerson, the German-born American medical doctor 
developed one of the most effective natural cancer treatments over 90 years ago. It was coined the Gerson therapy by he himself, as he helped hundreds of cancer patients activate their body's extraordinary ability to heal itself. There were five key components to it. Organic plant-based foods, raw juices, beef liver, natural supplements, and the most famous coffee enemas. And I knew of this therapy because it's correlated so much with the concept of coffee enemas. Albert Schweitzer, who was a Nobel Peace Prize winner in 1952, he's also an MD, said this about Dr. Gerson, Max Gerson. I see in him one of the most eminent geniuses in the history of medicine. Many of his basic ideas have been adapted without having his name connected to them. Yet he has achieved more than seemed possible under adverse conditions. He leaves a legacy which commands attention and which will assure him in his due place. Those whom he has cured will now attest to the truth of his ideas. The Gerson Institute says, with its whole body approach to healing, the Gerson therapy naturally reactivates your body's magnificent ability to heal with no damaging side effects. This is a powerful natural treatment boosts the body's own immune system to heal cancer, arthritis, heart disease, allergies, and so many degenerative diseases. That's my big thing. Whether we talk about cancer or we talk about viruses, aka COVID-19, why are we not boosting the body's ability to heal? It's designed to do that. I'm not even going to get into the chemotherapy world. So the details in regards to the Gerson therapy targets metabolic requirements in our body. This therapy allows you to benefit by consuming 15 to 19 different types of foods. Some of them include organic fruits, vegetables, sprouted ancient grains, other foods rich in vitamins, minerals, and enzymes. Juicing, according to the Gerson Institute, fresh pressed juice from raw foods provides the easiest and most effective way of providing high quality nutrition. Then they incorporate the detoxing with the coffee enemas as a prime method of detoxing the body because it increases the parasympathetic nervous system. And for cancer patients, this may take up to five enemas each day. That's a lot. Don't be doing any of this treatment by yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Then that's in regards to the Gerson therapy, which I am familiar with, like I said, because it's often tied to the whole concept behind coffee enemas. The next treatment out there is the Budwig protocol, B-U-D-W-I-G, Budwig. Here's how it works. When you replace processed fats and oils with life-loving foods, your cells rebuild and are rejuvenated. Dr. Budwig found that consuming a mixture of cottage cheese, flax seeds, and flaxseed oil had the best results. When cottage cheese, which is rich in sulfur protein and saturated fats, and flaxseed, which is high in unsaturated fatty acids, are combined, your body has a unique ability to absorb these vital nutrients easier and quicker. To put those together, he suggested six ounces of cultured dairy, cottage cheese, goat's milk, kefir, or amasai, four tablespoons sprouted and ground chia or flax. Again, don't be using these as treatments for cancer. I'm not telling you to do this. I am telling you options and alternatives, just making you aware of them. They exist and they work. 
But don't be doing this on your own, ladies and gentlemen. One tablespoon flaxseed oil, one teaspoon turmeric powder, one fourth teaspoon black pepper. Mix all these ingredients into a bowl and consume once daily. That is the Budwig protocol for cancer therapy. You could combine these things too, but definitely have a very experienced practitioner, even if you have to go outside the country to do it. Then there is the proteolytic enzyme therapy. This one was discovered in 1906 by John Beard. He first proposed that pancreatic proteolytic enzymes represent the body's main defense against cancer. He focused on specific types of enzymes and a holistic diet to create an internal environment which the body can naturally heal itself. It wasn't researched for most of the 20th century, but in the 1960s, Nicholas J. Gonzalez picked it up, who was an MD trained. He started to evaluate the concept at Cornell University Medical College in 81 and began to really make people think about this approach. And here's how it works. The autonomic nervous system consists of the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Okay, so we you often think about these nervous systems as the fight or flight, that's the sympathetic, or the parasympathetic as the rest and digest. Based off of these two types of nervous systems, Dr. Francis Poldinger's research in the 1920s and 1930s, along with Gonzalez's work, basically tried balancing out the two systems. Using their, their studies, they found that systemic enzyme therapy significantly decreased tumor-induced and therapy-induced side effects and complaints like nausea, GI complaints, fatigue, weight loss, restlessness, and obviously stabilized the quality of life. These are all about two types of nervous systems. Then you have this other type of natural therapy uh, known as vitamin C chelation. There's another one that links with uh, frankincense essential oil in the Budwick protocol. Some recommend taking probiotic foods and supplements. I will also tell you that she had a long list of probiotics. The body needs variety. So if you've been taking the same probiotic for over three months, we should probably stop and get you a new one. Just rotate them. Find like, I use three probiotics, so we rotate them. But taking a probiotic all the time also isn't necessary. And if you take a probiotic in your gut, you have pain or it causes GI complaints, well, look at SIBO, which we'll get into in another episode. Vitamin D is a great one as far as natural therapy, turmeric and curcumin. Um, there's even signs of oxygen therapy in hyperbaric chambers helping cancer. In fact, all normal cells have an absolute requirement for oxygen, which is why I say iron is key. If you are iron anemic, your oxygen cannot get to the body, to the cells in your body. So you need iron. Cancer cells can live without oxygen, a rule without exception. So here you have cancer cells. Despite all other cells, they do not need oxygen. Deprive a cell 35% of its oxygen for 48 hours and it may become cancerous. Oh, says Otto Warburg, who is an MD. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in Physiology in 1931. So if that's the case, hmm, putting some puzzle pieces together in my head, I'm sure you are too. All right, there are some natural cancer treatments. From what I understand about the Gerson therapy, that is by far the route I would take. But again, I'm not a professional in that. 
and I'm not a professional in cancer treatment. In fact, I can't even treat cancer. I don't treat cancer. I don't treat diagnoses. We treat beyond the diagnosis. So whether you have one or you don't, I don't care. Let's get to the bottom of what's causing your body to betray you. I did find one more article about alternative cancer treatments, and I found it actually fascinating. Um, <laughs> this is right out of the article, ladies and gentlemen. Quote, this is a story about innovation, technology, bioelectricity, cancer, and caution. It is a carefully worded story because unless you're Pfizer or GlaxoSmithKline, GSK, placing the two words cancer and cure together in the same sentence is a perilous thing to do in Western society. It gets alternative medical clinics and alternative health magazines shut down and brave pioneering doctors disbarred or worse. Andrew Haig, president of Cell Sonic, is unafraid of putting the two C's together. In fact, he added a third C to the list. Cell Sonic VIPP device is a cure for cancer, he says. His company is based in the United Arab Emirates and has manufacturing facilities in India two countries where it is safe to pursue research on alternative cancer treatments and apply them to medical practice. Haig, who was leading this electrical current type cancer treatment, is a self-taught engineer. So what is it? In the summer of 1816, Mary Shelley visited the British romantic poet and satirist Lord Byron, taking a part in a literary gathering in his villa. Two years later, these two individuals revealed the electrical nature of the human body, and Shelley finished her ghost story, titling it Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus. So we're talking about electrically active cells in our bodies. These cells generate currents in the tissue surrounding the cells, making it possible to measure electrical changes in the heart and brain with ECG and EEG. Almost every cell in our bodies function as electrical circuits. Using charged elements of potassium, calcium, magnesium, and sodium, which I also had this conversation in the myths about heart disease. I just had this interview last week and it was so fascinating because so it's going to be coming out, whether it's already out or coming out in the future, but it's the myths about the heart. And Dr. Stephen has to shared with us that it is electrical current. So this is right along those lines of the electrical current. When at rest, the cells carry a negative charge in their interior relative to the outside environment. Because the membrane serves as a barrier towards the inside and outside, the cell membrane also has electrical characteristics that resist positives and negatives. So going off of that electrical current in the cells in our body, here's how this type of treatment works. Remember, there's still, quote, uncertainty. And don't use it to be treating your cancer unless under quite supervision by extreme professionals who are very detailed in these treatments. I'm just here providing information. These things exist. The idea of classifying cancers by the electrical properties is not new. Researchers in 1926 showed that cancerous cells, electrical currents, were greater than in normal cells. So cancerous cells had more electrical currents going in them than normal cells did. So how does it work? 
Dickens continues, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Dickens, who is a practitioner at the Day Spring Cancer Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona, says, I really don't know any more than how my cell phone works. But the best guess is that the shock waves and electromagnetic fields created by the device change the electrical current value of the cells. I can't explain how it changes the voltage. It just does. Dickens continues to say, I think it's a very powerful tool. I like to use analogies. And one analogy I use is how to build a house. If somebody has a cross-cut saw and they've been sawing lumber and somebody came along and said, here's a generator and electric saw, you would think that was the greatest thing that ever came along. But you also still need all the other tools, hammers and nails and everything else to build the house. You don't build a house with one tool. I use a lot of different tools, but CellSonic is one of those big guns. Interesting. That was right out of, where was he at? Scottsdale, Arizona. So they're in the U.S., I guess, surprisingly. Again, that's that story. And I do, I have had many conversations, particularly the interview with Dr. Stephen Hussey, about the electrical current of our cells and our body and how that's actually what drives our blood around. It's not that the heart is pumping it. Really cool interview. If it hasn't been released, it's coming and you should pay attention to it. Okay. So that's my cancer information podcast. Remember, there's always something that triggers something. Find the trigger, find the root cause, get rid of it, and bam, cool things can happen. I hope you learned as much as I did from that discussion. Now, I'm in need of your help. I'm writing a book because of overwhelming requests. I'll be teaching you how to transform those normal labs into answers, healing, and hope. Whether you're a practitioner or trying to take charge of your own health, what questions do you have about blood work and labs? I'd love to answer those questions inside the book. To submit your questions for a chance to be answered within those pages, text 855-499-2555. Once again, that's 855-499-2555. Then stay tuned. You just might have a special place inside the Q&A at the end of each chapter. Next, come join the membership. You not only get access to me on live calls, but you also get the answers to questions just like yours on my private podcast. This level of attention and help is only available inside my membership. So stop relying on late night Google searches and start getting the answers and relief you desire. I can't wait to welcome you in. Get all the details and join us at drkylieburton.com backslash healing dash beyond dash the dash diagnosis. See you on the inside.